We're glad you joined with us and you're cooking with gas. Well, it's something that we haven't been doing for a couple of weeks is cooking with gas because our, our stovetop wasn't working or it hadn't been working for a period of time. And uh, the gas was coming out, but it wasn't igniting. And we thought something was wrong. And so it was under warranty. It was quite new. So Kathy called the manufacturer and said, can you come out and check it? A guy came out, came and checked it. And guess what was wrong? It wasn't plugged in. Uh, so the warranty doesn't cover stupidity. And uh, in the end, uh, you know, we were trying to cook, but we had no ignition. And, and when it comes down to it, you know, when it comes to our faith, we can pray. But how many know if it's not connected to God, it has no power? It has no power. You know, many people say prayer is powerful. Prayer is not powerful. God is powerful. And through prayer, we connect with God. If you got your Bible, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. This is well-known scripture. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Now, that's a miracle right there. You know, because Paul's saying, hey, you obeyed in my presence, but you've even obeyed much more in my absence. When you go to the gym, if you have some, uh, somebody around you, how many know you're, you'll push a little bit harder, you do a little bit more. But when you're by yourself, you won't go as far. But here Paul's saying, when you're by yourself, you even have gone further. You've done more. You know, if you've you got kids and you're overseeing them doing a task, they'll, they'll do it. But if you're not around, there's a high chance, a good chance that they won't actually fulfill what you asked them to do. But Paul's saying, hey, you obeyed not just when I was present, but you obeyed him even more in my absence. And he says, what I encourage you to do is work out. Somebody say work out. Not do a physical workout, but do a spiritual workout. Work out your own salvation. That's what you're gonna do. You're gonna work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Big question we ask, you know, during the series is, does this work? We're gonna cover a whole lot of subjects. We're looking at prayer tonight. You know, people wanna know, does this work? If I'm gonna invest my time, my talent, my resources, my energy into this, I wanna know that there's a payoff I want to know whether it works or not. You know, whether, whether it benefits my life. I believe there's a benefit in following Jesus. Not just eternity. Many people think, yeah, of course, we, we get to go to heaven. But, but there's a benefit in following Jesus right here, right now. Following His ways. Many of us can think, well, God's ways, my ways. Well, I'll do my way until I get to heaven and then I'll do God's ways. But no, God's way works now. If you wanna live a full life, if you wanna live a life of freedom, you gotta tune into what God says. Now, we live in a world where we're bombarded with information and we do this, do that, and we can pull, be pulled in many different directions. You know, stay away from this, believe that. The question is, who are you listening to in life? Now, many people will give you their theories, but the challenge is, do their theories work? You can count on when, when God speaks through His Word, His ways work. I, I know God works. I know prayer works. Why? Because I've seen it in my own life. got diagnosed with two incurable diseases. I don't have one symptom of either of those diseases in my body today. We prayed. God healed. Beginning of the year, Kathy had this, this lump in her throat. The doctor saw it and rushed her off to a specialist. It was like, wow, we need to get this checked out really quickly. 
And we got a little bit freaked out by it. And we said, no, we're not going to fear. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God. We're going to trust God. She went to the specialist, and the specialist couldn't even find the lump in her throat. It had totally disappeared. Don't tell me God's not real. Don't tell me God doesn't work. God, God works. And when you follow God's way, it leads to life. It leads to freedom. You can do it your own way. And it may work for a season. Yeah, it may work for a season, but ultimately it's not going to lead to life. You know, just because it works doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, but if it's true, it will work. Yeah, it may work, but it may work for a period of time, for a week, for a month. For a year, for five years, for 10 years. But ultimately, it won't last. I love the fact that what God deals in not only works here and now, but works for eternity. And and the world's trying to sell a lot of counterfeits, copies and clones. In fact, many of us are attracted to them because they're cheap price. You know, their cheap Rolex watch that you got from Bali. It's like you thought, man, that's awesome. Everybody will think it's authentic. But you can tell an authentic one from a copy by, by the second hand. Did you know this? The second hand, if it just glides around, it's authentic. But if it ticks, it's a fake. Oh, there you know, there you know. There you go. Yeah, and, and you can tell. But, but a fake, you know, you know, won't last that long. A, a, a Rolex, a real Rolex, you pass down from generation to generation. It will work. You know, so many of us have bought into imitations. We're bought into copies. And one thing we don't want to do at, a, at Equipus Church is buy into religion. See, the goal of this message is not to get you to pray, to be a person of prayer. You know, I fear that some of you might go from this place and go, man, I need to be more structured, more organized. Yeah, you probably do, you know, in my prayer life. But that's not the intention of this message. The intention of this message is to help you realize that prayer, prayer connects us with the living God. Prayer is not powerful. God is powerful. And how we connect with God is through prayer. And so if our goal is to pray more, how many would say they need to pray a little bit more? Lift up your hand. Yeah, okay, a whole lot of people. If that's the goal, it's a small and superficial goal. The the goal is, is to get you to connect with God. See, if the goal is for you to pray more, you're no different than a Hindu, a Muslim, or a Buddhist. A lot of people pray today. In fact, they're very structured in their prayer life. But it doesn't mean that God answers with power. You know, we serve a God who wants to answer with power. This morning I talked about a showdown that happened in 1 Kings chapter 18 with Elijah and the prophets of Baal. They both prayed, but only one God answered with fire. Come on, we serve a God who wants to answer with fire in Jesus' name. He wants to answer your prayers. I'm not going to go into that story tonight, but I'm going to look at another story found in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Let's go there. 1 Samuel chapter 1, it's the story of Hannah. We serve a responsive God. So you can be like God and respond tonight. Here's the deal. If you draw near to God, God will what? He will draw near to you. If my people, he says, who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray what, and turn from their wicked ways, he will hear from heaven and he'll heal their land. Yeah, it's not like I'm just gonna pray and revival's gonna come. No, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray 
and turn from their wicked ways. So, so there's a level of responsibility. Then he says, revival will come and he'll heal their land. You know, ask and it'll be given. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. There's a responsibility in all of those cases on us. And if we do something, God responds to it. God responds. First Samuel chapter one, verse nine, it says, once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to, what did she go to? She went to pray. And Thank you, uh, Josh. She went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at the customary place by the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's army, if you would look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. And as he was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her, seeing her lips moving but not hearing the sound. He, she thought, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh no, sir, she replied. I've been, I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. I am very discouraged and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Do not think I'm a wicked woman for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case... Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant you the request you've asked of him. I thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. If you know the context of the story, uh, Hannah was one of Elkanah's wives. He had two wives. He had Penina and he had Hannah. Don't know why somebody would have two wives, but he did. And what happened was Penina uh, had children, but Hannah didn't. She wanted children, but she wasn't able to conceive. And Penina would often taunt Hannah, you know, mock her, you know, say, look at me, I've got kids, you haven't. And, and so this was really heavy on Hannah. She, she wanted children and, and, and she wanted them desperately. I believe you know, answers come when, when, when we value what we're receiving. So often we can receive answers and we just dismiss it as being normal. The fact that you and I live in New Zealand right now, how many know that's an answer to prayer? Billionaires are trying to move here. You don't need a billion dollars to live in this country. Come on, they're trying to escape from it. We live in a, a great country. And we sometimes can take it for granted. We can just think, oh, well, this is normal, but it's not normal. And some of the things we've received from God over the years, you know, we don't value. In fact, they, they say, you know, entitled kids out there just get everything given to them. They never have to fight for anything. But whatever you fight for, you value to a greater degree. And here, Hannah, she, she valued, this, valued this so much that, that in her desperation, you know, she cried out to God. And I believe answers of value come from a place of desperation because God wants to know, are we gonna value what he gives us? See, if you had to fight for it, you value it more. And God responded to Hannah because, because of Hannah's response, the way she prayed. And through Hannah's desperation, Samuel was born. Now, that was an answer to, to Hannah's heart's desire, but Samuel was a bigger answer. He was an answer to the nation of Israel. He came at a time where there was no revelation. 
that the revelation of God was not widespread. And Samuel came as a prophet to bring adjustment and alignment to Israel. See, the answers that we pray for individually aren't just for us. In fact, the answers that God wants to bring our, our way are for the people in our world. So often we think we're just praying for our needs to be met. But God not only meets our need, He'll meet the needs of others at the same time. But, but I love Hannah because Hannah, yeah, in the first instance, I've got five things. Number one is she refused to accept the unacceptable. She refused to accept the unacceptable. So many people say, well, just settle with it. Yeah, accept it. It's, it's all right. You know, not everyone has kids. Yeah, you just need to accept it. You just need to accept that disease. Live with that disease. Live with that pain. Yeah, you just need to accept that you'll never amount to that. Yeah, you may have failed a paper, but you know, maybe that's not you. Just, just accept it. In fact, Elkanah said to her, he said, why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask, why, are you eat? why aren't you eating? Why are you You're downhearted? Just because you have no children? You have me. What a dumb answer right there. You have me. Isn't that better than 10 sons? Yeah, most people, before they get married, you know, they work out how many children they, they want to have, if they want to have children at all. You know, if that conversation's not had, it can lead to awkward conversations afterwards. You know, she didn't just want him. She, she wanted kids. And she refused to accept what other people would just say, just accept. Oh, you just need to accept that. Yeah, you, you just need to accept that's the way it's going to be. That's how your family lived. That's how your parents lived. That's how you're going to live. That's your allotment in life. No, we as the people of God need to refuse to accept the unacceptable. We need to refuse to accept that all things aren't possible. Come on, we need to refuse to accept buildings not being filled with people lifting up the name of Jesus. We need to refuse to accept illness. Uh, come on, God is bigger than coronavirus. Come on, we need to refuse to accept that, that, that our worlds are going to be thrown into turmoil. Yeah, yeah, we may have to make some adjustments, but God's in control. We don't need to fear. We don't need to be afraid. You know, we need to refuse to accept what is unacceptable. The laws that are going to be passed in, in, in the next week, well, people think they're just going to be passed. No, we need some people to rise up and pray when it comes to the abortion laws. You know, talk about the most vulnerable in our society, people who don't have a voice. We need to speak for that. You know, this is not a political statement. This is a statement when it comes to righteousness. Oh, hello? Yeah, this is a state, and we need to refuse to accept the unacceptable. It's unacceptable that this is happening in our country. That this is unacceptable. We need to re refuse to accept that some people are outside of God's reach. Some of the people say, well, it would be a miracle if they got saved. Well, it's a miracle you got saved. You didn't earn it, you didn't deserve it. Come on, I refuse to accept that people are outside of God's reach. Come on, we're going to see some radical salvations, some amazing turnarounds in Jesus' name. Come on, I refuse to accept that what we have to offer is inferior in any way. Many people, you know, go to concerts, go to different things. Man, we're, we're offering God. God's on offer. And I refuse to accept that this is inferior to any other environments. 
God, the anointing, the power of God is here. And God wants to prove himself strong. If we just come to him and would ask. I like Hannah because she refused to accept the unacceptable. The second thing is she, she wore the cross of complaint. He said, why do you weep, Eli said. Why do you weep? She was burdened by this. See, you know your prayers are powerful when you're burdened by something. It's when you're trying to leave something alone, but it won't leave you alone. It's like you got it in here. It's like, oh, man. This, this is wrong. I can't stand this. And I, I, I got to do something with it. In fact, Nehemiah felt this way. He, he had heard that the walls of his home city had been pulled down and people had tried for years to rebuild them, but they hadn't been excess, successful. In fact, for 70 years, people had tried to rebuild the walls but they weren't successful. Nehemiah, burdened by God, came on the scene and he was able to accomplish in 52 days what previous generations were unable to accomplish in 70 years. Because he had a burden. In fact, in Nehemiah 1 verse 40, he said, when I heard this, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, come on, what gets you in here? Problem in our, our world today is, is we can be numb. We can see needs and we can dismiss it. In fact, many people today suffer from compassion fatigue. C- compassion, you, you see things, but because you're seeing them all the time, you just get numb to it and you think, what can I do? Why well, it's so much, you know, and we just get numb to it. But I believe God highlights things. And the way He highlights them sometimes is by putting a frustration on the inside. Yeah, where you get frustrated, where you get, ah, oh, I, I can't. And you wear the cross of complaint. I'm not talking about the cross of whinging because there's many whingers around who just whinge about their circumstances, whinge about what's going on. No, I'm talking about the cross of complaint. Somebody who has a complaint, man, I'm gonna do something about this. I'm burdened so much with this, with this, with what's going on. I'm prepared to act on it. See, I believe a complaint is the catalyst for change. What complaint do you have right now? See, a burden, that gets you on the inside. So I've got to act. And when you pray from that place, it carries power. Hannah got answers, number three, because she looked to God, not man. When you need an answer, where do you go? In fact, the largest church in the world since South Korea, when people have an issue, they go, what we want you to do is go to the prayer mountain for a couple of days and pray and fast. Get your answer from God. And if you, you don't get it there, then we'll sit down and you can talk to a counselor. How often do we go to a counselor before we go to God? Yeah, you know, I'm not saying going to counseling is wrong. In fact, it's good. But, but how often do we go to man before we go to God? I like Hannah. She went to God before she went to any person. Yeah, you know, I know God can use people and God can speak through people, but, but we need to go to God. We need to learn to go to God. You wonder why it's the biggest church in the world? Why? Simply because people are connected to God more than they're connected to a man. They were able to obey in absence. See, see uh, what you do when other people aren't around is a test of whether it's real or not. 
See, many of us can fake it when other people are around, but when you're by yourself, it's either real or it's not real. Come on, you need to know whether this is real. And you need to look to God, not look to any person. Yeah, God's called us to live this thing out together, but you've got to follow God for yourself. You can't follow God by yourself, but you've got to follow God for yourself. You need to look to God, not man. Number four is she gave before she had. She gave before she had. She said, if you look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, I'll give him back to you. Before she had received, she determined to give. See, what you've got to understand is giving releases answers. God is asking, really he's asking, how much do you want this? And for what purpose? Is it just for you? I believe if you ask in line with kingdom purpose, you can be confident of an answer. If you ask for selfish motives, in fact, James said it this way, you have not because you, anybody know, you ask not. But even when you do ask, you ask amiss because you ask with the wrong motives. The reason why we don't get answered prayer is we're asking from the wrong motives. But if you ask in line with kingdom purpose, it's amazing how God will bring answers your way. She determined she was gonna give before she had. In fact, I've found many times, if I wanna see a breakthrough, it's come from us actually giving. Because when you give, you destroy any power that seeks to withhold. It breaks the spirit of a delayer. Fasting does that as well. And and giving opens the windows of heaven. Giving releases answers. And and uh, God says, are you prepared to trust me in this? See, I've found people who withhold in the natural, and what they'll find is there will be a withholding in the spirit. Luke chapter 16 says, says, people who are unfaithful in unrighteous mammon, being money, can't be trusted with the true riches. Some of you are going, well, what's the true riches? The true riches, I believe, is God's anointing and God's grace on my life and His breakthrough. And God tests us with money to see whether you can handle what He really wants to release. And if you're unfaithful with money, God can't release more. And, and I like Hannah because she gave before she had. Oh, we want supernatural breakthrough? Come on, we want supernatural answers? Yeah, giving has got to be one of the keys to it. Number five is, is she gave with her whole heart. Until it comes from your heart, it's not going to move God's heart. God doesn't want your vain repetitions. Until it comes from your heart. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't need the right words. You know, so often when, when people pray, they're, they're trying to make it sound all nice and pretty. In fact, one time I was in this really important meeting. There was a whole lot of people who led big churches there. In fact, big churches, churches of over 200,000 people. You know, churches where guys have got buildings that seat 12,000 people. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, flip, man, these guys are really changing the world. And there was people like Cindy Jacobs and a whole lot of other people there. There was only about 15 in the room. And we went into this prayer time and I thought, man, I can't pray. What am I gonna say? I'm just gonna listen to their prayers. And then, uh, then I was praying, I was in a quiet moment with my eyes shut, and next minute, Cindy Jacobs comes in behind me and goes, Sam, pray, pray. And I go, oh. <laughs> And I, I start opening my mouth without even thinking about what's coming out. 
let me tell you, it wasn't eloquent. You know, so often we, we want to be eloquent in our prayers. We want it to all make sense. But God hears our hearts. He wants our heart more than anything else. And if it doesn't come from your heart, it, it won't move God's heart. I love the fact that Hannah was unrestrained. She poured out her heart. She poured it out so much that Eli thought she was drunk. She thought, man, he thought, man, this, this woman's drunk. She's praying. You know, there's, there's a group of people, you know, who got mistaken as being drunk in the New Testament on the day of Pentecost, 120 in the upper room, God filled them with the Holy Spirit. They came out speaking another language and people said, man, they're drunk. It's only early in the morning. What have they been drinking? They got mistaken. Now, now in Ephesians chapter five, Paul says this. He says, do not be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. You gotta hear this. Don't be drunk with wine. It will ruin your life. Some people think, oh, it's harmless. It doesn't matter. You know, if I get drunk, you know, it's my 21st. It's a special occasion, you know. No, no, don't get drunk with wine. It will ruin your life. This is God's word. It will ruin your life, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be, be what? Be, let's say this together. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, see, God wants us to pray unrestrained. Almost like, like we're drunk. Yeah, now we can learn from drunk people. Yeah, there's some things we can learn from drunk people. One thing about drunk people, if you've ever seen one, is they are uninhibited. Yeah, dance floor, you know, people who are drunk, they won't hesitate. They'll get up on the dance floor even though they've got no rhythm, even though they're not, not coordinated, limbs going everywhere, but they think they'll look cool. Yeah, and they're not worried about what other people think. You know, it's totally gone. It's like they are uninhibited. Too many of us come into to God's presence and we're inhibited by what other people think. Uh, we're limited. You know, I like David when he brought the presence of God into Jerusalem. It says he danced before the Lord with all of his might. And Michael, his wife, up in the thing, she despised him. She mocked him. She said, look at the king in all his glory. And I like David, he said, well, you think this is bad? I can turn it up another notch. I will be even more undignified. Come on, if we wanna bring the presence of God into a city, we can't be inhibited by what other people think. Come on, we need to be unrestrained in our praise, in our worship, in our, in our glorifying of God. You know, in the end, do you know what? It was Michael who was barren because she mocked David. You know, many barren people will mock it will mock you, and, and think that, but they'll be barren in themselves. Come on, if you want to produce results for the kingdom of God, if you want to tap into something that works, you need to be uninhibited in your praise, uninhibited in your worship, realizing that God deserves the best. He deserves our all. Come on, if you believe that tonight, give God a big clap of praise. Come on, let's give Him some uninhibited praise right now. Come on. Come on, we worship you. We lift you up. We magnify you. Some of people, oh, I'm shy by nature. Well, I am shy too. But shy is not one of the fruits of the Spirit. And, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, is, shyness is not there. The Bible says the righteous shall be as bold as a lion. Come on, some of us need to get over ourselves so that we can access God. Okay, the other thing about drunk people is they're generous. 
Oh, this one's on me. It's like, like they're generous. You know, in fact, a lot of drunk people don't know how much money they spend sometimes on a night out. You know, by the way, a lot of people spend a lot of money on alcohol. You know, a lot of money on alcohol. It's like, man, you, you think of all the, the waste there. But man, you can be filled with the Spirit of God. But it, but it means when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you can be generous on all occasions. Come on, uh, how we should be known as, as believers is being generous. Come on, don't wait for somebody else to pay. Come on, uh, you know, get up and, and be generous. Don't, don't see what you can get away with. Come on, come on, don't hold out. You know, the, the Bible says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy, in the message version in Proverbs 11, it says this, the, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. What do you want your world to be, larger and larger or smaller and smaller? God, uh, how many like hanging out with generous people? Yeah, we all like hanging out with generous people. If you want to be a person that others like to hang around, be generous. Nobody likes hanging out with a stingy person. Come on, let's be generous with our words. Let's be generous in our actions. Come on, that testifies that God's working. You know, the drunk, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're generous. The other thing about a drunk person is they're not easily offended. They're not all touchy. It's like some of them don't even take in what you're saying to them. Yeah, and also, you know, a drunk person will just start confessing stuff that you didn't even ask them to confess. It's like, oh man, I'm sorry I did this back then. Oh. And you didn't even know about it, but they started just spilling the beans. And they just, you know, that's the thing when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, is you get your life right. You bring it into alignment. Yeah, you start confessing those things that are going to hinder you when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. The other thing when you're filled with the Holy Spirit is you fight for what you believe in. You ever seen a drunk person take on somebody bigger than themselves? Yeah, fight. What? You know, you hit me. And they talk bigger than their capability. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, how many know the capacity of God lives in us? And we can take on things bigger than us. And, and we fight for what we believe in. We fight. We, we go after it. You know, the other thing about a drunk person is they express their feelings. Oh, man, I love you. I love you so much. You know, we're brothers for life. You know, it's, it's like, you know, they express their feelings. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not shy on expressing your feelings. Uh, how, you, how you feel about the person next to you. In fact, it's by the love that we have for one another, we are known as Christ's disciples. Uh, that's how we're known, by the, by the love. And how, how do people know we love each other unless we're prepared to express it? The other thing about somebody who's drunk is they, they believe all things are possible. You know, I can jump over that. No, you can't. You're an idiot. Yeah. No, they believe all things are possible. Man, I can do that. No, you can't. When you're filled with the Spirit, you believe all things are possible. But, but here's the thing. You've got God f- fueling you, not some other spirit, not alcohol. You've got the Spirit of the living God fueling you, empowering you, anointing you to do what He's called you to do. Come on, if we're to pray, dangerous prayers, not faithless, riskless, gutless prayers. If we're to pray, pray dangerous prayers, 
So many of us, our prayer life is just when we have an emergency. God, 111, help. I need your help. And it's not about connection. It's God, God, I just want answers. I want to use you to get where I want to go. Are you, see, prayer is not powerful. God's powerful. But, but prayer is how we connect, how we relate to God. By the way, prayer is not a monologue where we just give Him a list of all our needs. Prayer is meant to be a dialogue where we listen to His voice and we hear His voice for the purpose of obedience, for the purpose of following Him, knowing that if we obey what He says, it will lead to life and freedom and joy and all the good stuff that God has on offer. That, that's why it's, it's a good communion. I, I just see it's like God in heaven. He's got all this stuff on offer. He's got the day ready. You wake up in the morning. He's going, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, maybe now. But we grab our phone. Uh, oh, I'm ready. But then we have breakfast. He's going, hey, I can help you today. I got some things that, that could be really beneficial for you. And he's going, I'm ready. And then we go to work, jump in the car, go to work. And he's going, I'm ready. And, and we live the day. God's got all this stuff on offer, but none of us are connecting with it because we're not communing with Him. We're not accessing it. And God's saying, man, that, that doesn't need to be a, as big a challenge as it is. You're making this harder than it needs to be. I, I can help you here. I, I can be with you in this. I can even give you the words to say when you go into that meeting. I can fill your mouth with words. Oh, you got a big thing going on? Yeah, I can come alongside you. If you just access me. See, prayer's not the goal. A lot of people pray. The danger is you think you need to be more structured, more disciplined in your prayer. Now, a lot of people pray, but they don't connect. Prayer is about connecting with God. In fact, I've got one friend, he wrote a book, it's called Push, and it's simply pray until something happens. Some of you go, man, I prayed, I prayed, and nothing's happened. Well, keep praying. Keep praying. Persistent prayer. Don't give up. I just believe some people here have given up on some things you've been believing God for. Oh, it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it's not meant to be. Rubbish. Who told you that? In fact, Jesus told us to keep praying. He told us to keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. He told a story of a person who, who rocks up to a friend's house in the middle of the night asking for bread. He knocks on the door. Friend goes, go away. Come back in the morning as you would do if your friend turned up in the middle of the night asking for bread. You go, go to the dairy, go somewhere else. But the Bible it says in the story that this friend kept knocking, kept knocking, and he kept knocking. Now, it goes on and says, the guy didn't answer the door because the guy was a friend. The guy answered the door because of this guy's Persistence, his relentless persistence. God's looking for people who don't just knock once. 
Come on, God's, even in spite of friendship, God will go beyond that and say, because this person is persistent, I am actually going to answer. I don't know who that's for tonight, but I believe there's people in this place. You've had something in your heart, but you've given up on. And God's saying, Colin, you need to persist. Go again. Go again. The answer's around the corner if you just keep persisting. Come on, we're going to keep on persisting until we see a city saved. We're not going to accept the unacceptable. We're not going to accept that there are people in our world who don't know Jesus have never heard the gospel. We're going to preach the gospel so that they have every opportunity to receive God. We're not going to accept that some people could be going to hell simply because they never heard. Our God's real. And He wants to show Himself strong. And many people are going, oh, I'm praying, God, you do something. No, that's not how it works. No, God, God says, no, I want you to pray. And they hear me, and I want you to move. In fact, I said this morning, we shouldn't pray prayers where we're not willing to be the solution to the problem. If not, we're not willing to be the solution to the problem, we should not be praying those prayers. See, God chooses to act and use us and fill us with His power. God wants to use you. Prayer works when it's connected. To a powerful God. Let's not just have the form, but have no power. Come on, how many want power? Come on, how many want power? Real power. Real power. Yeah, I believe if people step into this, yeah, there'll be unlimited testimonies of God moving. And what God needs now more than anything is just people who can testify that God is real. Not people who share a theory, but people who actually testify. God healed me. God set me free. God delivered me. I'm no longer the the same person I was yesterday. I used to be fearful. I used to be timid. I used to be shy. I used to be, but God changed me. He did a work in me. And, And people can see it for themselves. And they go, this God must be real. He must be real. He must be. And they find it for themselves.